So you've decided to give up that old behavior that's been killing you and all you care for and surrender to a power greater than yourself. That's the first step. Surrender is what opens the prison door. Now it's time to walk through that door and into a whole new way of life. Spirituality, self-care, service, social connection, and the simple daily disciplines that pave the way to lasting freedom. This is Positive Sobriety. Welcome to a brand new episode of Positive Sobriety Podcast. Hey, I'm Nate Larkin, here as always with my good friend, our co-host, the man actually who makes everything happen, David Hampton. Hi, David. <laughs> hey, Nate. Good to be with you. As always. Uh, you know what? I feel like you and I, now we have, uh, we connect on a number of levels. One of our connections is that we share a birthday. Both of us born on the 17th of September. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. However, this is June, and I still feel the urge to sing happy birthday to you. <laughs> huh? well, uh, yeah, bless your heart. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I celebrated uh, a sobriety birthday uh, about three days ago. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, by God's grace and goodness and all that's good in the universe. Um, it was uh, 17 years uh, on the 20th of June for me. Uh, David, that does not drinking. seem drinking. Does not seem possible. I know that it's been 17 years. It feels maybe maybe seven. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> 17. Good lord. Yeah. You know? And oh. I, I, you know, I was, I was still I mean, every year, you know, I think about it a little bit. Um, I, of course, now I can laugh a little bit about it at, yeah, at yeah, myself, yeah. but I still remember taking you to coffee uh, or meeting you to coffee. I don't yeah, know that yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. paid, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, to, to go to coffee with you and cause we already uh, had a good, you know, rapport and relationship and knew one yeah, another yeah. from, you know, the yes. Samson guys yeah. and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, take you to coffee and saying, you know, that I might have a drinking problem and, and being so astonished that you would have the gall and audacity to suggest that I would go to AA <laughs> or to even ask me if I had considered it, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was just such a presumptuous thing of you. And, uh, <laughs> but it was so funny because I remember my answer was, Nate, I'm not an alcoholic. I just drink like one. <laughs> I just have the same problems and the same yeah. outcomes and the same yeah. circumstances yeah. and the yeah. same, yeah. you know, yeah. terrible uh, physical uh, maladies. But I, I, yeah. I couldn't possibly be an alcoholic and to go to an AA meeting would just be the biggest overreaction I can imagine to something that <laughs> ought to be very simple to fix. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I tell this all the time, but, you know, you didn't just tell me about the church across the street down the yeah. block in our little Franklin town. You took my ass to the meeting <laughs> and off we went. And I thought, yeah. oh, shit. And, and, <laughs> just, what shit kind just of a revelation? 
What kind of a revelation was that to you when we sat? I mean, that was a big meeting. That was a noon meeting. Yeah. yeah. And uh, down there in the bowels of the building, the old historic Methodist church. Yeah. Um, enough people that it had to be a double ring of folding chairs. And we right. sat in the back ring up against the wall. As far back as we could get. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then you heard, I, I, I always love taking people to their first 12-step meeting, Christians to their first 12-step meeting. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. You're, you know, because you know, we're the veterans of testimony times and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? Down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but most of us have never heard transparency, vulnerability, and honesty. No. Like happens in those rooms. No, I thought these people must be nuts. Um, uh-huh. yeah. I've never heard so much honesty back to back. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, nobody was trying to flatter anybody or, yeah, or yeah. impress anybody. And yeah. nobody was trying to be the smartest guy or gal in the room. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, they were just telling the truth about their lives, about their resentments, about their yeah. Um, potential for screw ups, you know, yeah. um, and they were just very, and they were very at ease about it, you know. Yeah, and a lot I thought, of laughter in the room. I yeah. mean, that was one thing I had to get used to. Yeah, I, mean, I thought because I mean, <laughs> I'm just sitting there. Why is everybody laughing? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there just, you know, fearing that a I'm going to be seen coming and going from this place, and b, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that um, somebody's actually going to think that I might share, you know, some of this uh, major dysfunction. That yeah, you know, yeah. somehow I couldn't have my whole life sewn up and pretty as as the persona that I had created. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was so it was so refreshing is one word, but um, kind of. Uh, gosh, off-putting in a way, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, to hear that much honesty and truth and, but the wisdom that these folks had and the way that they, um, you know, that they shared with one another, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, genuine caring and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I just remember thinking, oh man, this is either, you know, it's both nothing like I thought yeah. and I don't know if I ever want to come back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. um, and then I did, and then I did, and then I did, and uh, you know, but yeah, my initial thought too was, you know, oh God, it's come to this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, with every step down those basement steps, I kind of was yeah. just doubting, you know, are yeah, we, yeah, you know, do are, do we really need to do this? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and of course, at the time, you were a very visible leader uh, in. Uh, our stream of the uh, you know Christian faith. Mm-hmm. So you're the worship leader in a church that has a national or international profile. You're well known. Uh, you got uh, you know you got quite a reputation within the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were careful in sh- uh, you kind of you guarded your recovery and your story quite closely. Right for the first you know for a while right. Yeah, I did. I didn't yeah. tell anybody I was on staff with um, at the church I served um, yeah. for a year. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a yeah. year. I mean, I yeah. had a couple of close friends that I had shared it with who were on staff, but I didn't as a as a leadership group. I never yeah. told anybody for about a year because a I was afraid of failing in front of them, and b I was afraid right. that 
you know, maybe they wouldn't be as impressed with it as I was. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, this could go south. I've seen people get fired for less, you know. Sure, sure. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, it, I, I, that's tragic. I have seen that. Guys finally face their addiction, go get treatment, talk about it, and then get fired. Yeah. I have seen it yeah. happen more than once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. So you were wise and... Um, well, I figured there was a statute of limitations on alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, you know, I mean, how far back can they really, you know, want to go to punish me for this? This is, <laughs> you know, surely a year, you know, that'll buy yeah. me some, some freedom. Yeah. So, and, but, then, uh, and then, of course, you know, you become, you know, one of the safest guys in the community. Uh, word eventually gets out and, you know, you're comfortable in your own skin and you are who you are. And, uh, and then as the years pass, you find yourself moving out of what had been a, you know, a lifetime career. And you probably thought, uh, the only career you'd ever have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to make this, you know, how long has it been? David, I don't, uh, can you tell, I don't trust myself anymore to judge the passage of time, but I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering uh, how long has it been since you started that move? You left Christ community and. Uh, yeah, it's been about seven years. Um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It's about six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Almost seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, that in a, in a way that sort of seems like a lifetime ago too. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. um, all that, uh, all that change and shift and, um, but you know, I needed, I needed that. I needed to do it. Um, mm -hmm. it was, it was not an exciting thing to think about starting a new career at, you know, 54, yeah. 55 years old. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but yet, you know, I knew that that was something I was passionate about and I was certainly willing to work hard at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because of my own passion for just recovery and recovering people. And um, and then the more I learned about um, how we approach addiction and, and even getting into the clinical stuff about it, then I really got excited, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, now here we are, you're helping an awful lot of people and those deep roots that you have within the music community. In fact, right. those have spread. It isn't just within the contemporary Christian music community anymore. It's uh, within the just the broad music community within Nashville. Right. Uh, you have the trust and respect of your contemporaries, and you're kind of the first call uh, a lot of folks in the industry make when they're aware that somebody uh, is is you know in trouble and ready to make a change. Mm. Yeah, that's I mean, that's been interesting to watch, you know, because mm -hmm. um, the um, the the way that, um, you know, working with these nonprofits uh, in mm -hmm. Nashville that uh, work with musicians and artists and record companies mm -hmm. and the people that work in that area. Um, it's been great to just kind of be on their list because you um, you get. I, I get to hear uh, so many things that, you know, creative people have in common, the way we feel and think and approach life. And mm -hmm. so when an artist or musician comes in my office, it's, it's kind of refreshing, uh, yeah. you know, because yeah. we've got so much uh, just in common in the way we approach art. And, and, you know, what's really interesting about the music community is that um, a lot of people have not uh, entertained the idea 
to get help until it affects their music or their ability to make music. Oh, you wow. Know? Yeah. yeah. I had yeah. a guy tell me, you know, a guitar player, he said, you know, my hands started shaking so badly that um, I was starting to mess up, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, and when it started affecting my work and my music and my creativity, um, I knew I had to make a change. And, you know, I've had artists that say, you know, I um, – I started going on stage a little hungover or a little too buzzed and it was starting to impact my ability to trust myself in front of an audience. And that's what did it, you know? So for a lot of folks in entertainment, it's not even always the personal impact that it's taking on everybody, but it's actually, you know, when it starts to mess with the art um, and I get that, you know, (laughs) I mean, I, I totally, totally get, you know, that the music matters enough that that might actually be the thing out of all the reasons we have to get sober, um, that it, that it impacts our, our passion for, for, for our creativity, uh, for, for a lot of people, that's the catalyst. So. Wow. Wow. Well, Hey, we've got a guest coming up on this, uh, on this episode that, uh, I think it's going to have something to say about um, uh, the progression towards service from mm-hmm. active addiction to act, active service, uh, an inspiring story, a challenging story. Listeners, I think you're going to enjoy it when we return on the Positive Sobriety Welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast, and the cavalcade of fascinating guests continues, David. Uh, it does, yes. On, on we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You have managed somehow to connect with a, a, somebody who's doing something very creative in the field of uh, recovery, talking about addiction. Would you go ahead and introduce our guest? Yeah, absolutely. Our guest today is Stuart Goffman, and Stuart is coming to us from uh, the uh, South Florida area, uh, West Palm Beach area, and uh, he's got a, a really interesting story because, you know, a lot of our guests come to us and uh, we talk about what they're doing because of their um, their own background with their own personal recovery story, and, and Stuart's coming from a little bit of a different place, which, you know, we'll be real uh, eager to hear about. He's also the executive producer of an A&E series called Addiction Unplugged. And uh, we're going to talk about that too and and just kind of how that has come about and what what that show serves to do and all that. So Stuart, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Absolutely. And thank you for uh, having me. Yes, absolutely. Well, Stuart, I wonder if maybe just to get things rolling, uh, you can give us quickly kind of a sketch of the of the, the long and winding road that got you to the point of uh, uh, gave you an interest in this field and in this idea, how, how to come about. Sure, absolutely. And so one of my, I, I'm a uh, CPA I'm, mm. and uh, my dad was a CPA. My two grandfathers were CPAs. So, you know, <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey. There's no uh, addiction. There's no uh, drink. Nothing. <laughs> and uh, and then I moved to uh, South Florida, and there's addiction and drinking and everything. So yeah, and and that was uh, somewhat of a uh, new uh, phenomenon for me. Uh huh. And one of my, you know, one of 
one of a, a good friend of mine that I met in uh, South Florida was a successful uh, businessman mm-hmm. uh, and a raging alcoholic. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I did all my drinking in uh, college. I was in, in my fraternity. I did everything mm-hmm. that I needed to do. And then I went to, uh, I, you know, I graduated, you know, went to uh, South Florida. And I met this uh, gentleman named Paul. And um, in the end, he was a raging alcoholic. He was a um, – and all of a sudden, I see – that he was um, yellow. Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, and and he was a, a nasty drunk, and you know he would call me after we go out. He said, "Stu, we had a great time," and I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> you had a good time." I was trying <laughs> to not get your uh, ass kicked, so yeah. you know, but you know, don't you know? But in in the end, uh, he, he was yellow. You know, yeah. his, I guess his uh, liver stopped working and yeah. he died 90 days later. Wow. And, you know, and I had absolutely no idea how to help him. I yeah. would do the tough love. Come on, let's go to the gym instead of drinking and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, that doesn't work. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I volunteered after he dies and I, I decided to open up a uh, treatment center in his name. To, to honor, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then I learned a lot about uh, mental health and addiction and recovery. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not ashamed to say, before I had this experience, it was I was the I don't know if you're an addict, you made the bed and now you have mm-hmm. to uh, sleep in it. Mm-hmm. And once I had this uh, experience with Paul. And then, you know, uh, running a treatment center, I learned two things really well, that no one wants to be an addict. Mm-hmm. And everybody, whether it's uh, drugs or alcohol, they're someone's daughter or son. Yeah. And that changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, there, there is a, obviously a, still a st- stigma there. Mm-hmm. Uh, today. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, so I, I ran the uh, treatment center for about five years and we sold it. And I, I always uh, love uh, Intervention, the TV show on um, A&E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do something with all the knowledge that I uh, acquired over five years. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do more of, you know, I wanted to uh, show the the hope and inspiration and second chances and uh, stories of uh, redemption. Yeah. So I started um, Addiction Unplugged. And so that was in uh, 2018. Mm. And we filmed... And we uh, we aired on A and E right after intervention in 2019. Mm. Obviously, uh, 2020 and 21 were you know a wipeout for you know with uh, COVID. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But the, the the whole thing is humanizing addiction 
recovery and mental health. Yeah. And once you uh, um, humanize it and show, you know, positive uh, stories, mm-hmm. then, you know, then people that really need help can actually get help. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. You know, and, and it was very, very uh, satisfying. We, we filmed all over the uh, U.S. We have 10, we had uh, 10 uh, episodes. Wow. And, uh, you know, it, it really uh, changed my life. Um, wow. You know, you know, everybody and, uh, you know, all the people that we interview were, were, was so open and honest and, you know, telling us their story. Mm-hmm. And it was just uh, in- incredible. Wow. Well, Stuart, you know, that's um, I love that you're talking about putting a face to recovery uh, or to addiction even, uh, because, you know, when we're when when in the culture, in the mainstream culture, when we're talking about some of these things, it's easily marginalizing to people who are suffering. Um, and, and it's kind of a, those people, a them and us kind of mindset and, and what you're doing, like what you did with the treatment center, you're humanizing someone, you they become a story to be heard, not a, you know, problem to be solved or a, or a, uh, you know, a, a stigma, but how do you, uh, how do you go about determining the stories you'll share on, um, addiction unplugged? You know, it's, um, because now, you know, I've been uh, immersed in the uh, community. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people know about uh, Addiction Unplugged. Now people are coming to us with mm-hmm. really great stories. And, and you know, we like to show a, a gentleman or a lady that were, was down in, in the, uh, you know, in the valley. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, pick themselves up. And normally it's not themselves. It's everybody helping one uh, person. And then they are up in the, you know, they go up the, uh, the mountain and now they're helping other people. And so, you know, obviously we're trying to uh, show some celebrities. And it's interesting when we first started uh, Addiction Unplugged, there's not a lot of uh, celebrities that were willing to talk about their um, addiction, uh, you know, uh, journey. Yeah. And now over three years, when you, someone is trying to uh, uh, sell a book, <laughs> they always start with, yes, I was an addict or I was mm-hmm. an alcoholic. And it was, mm-hmm. it, it's, I really think that the, the stigma and the shame is dissipating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, you know, that is really um, important to, um, you know, eliminate the, sh- st- the uh, shame and the stigma so more people can ha- get help. And, you know, and that's the, the whole thing with uh, addiction unplugged. That, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Wow. Do you yeah. do you find that some of the uh, the addiction stories you work with ha- still may have more stigma than others? For instance, as our culture continues to you know consume more and more alcohol, um, that seems to be getting a little bit of a pass. Uh, you know, uh, in a way, I, I don't mean that in a 
you know, dismissive way, but, but it does seem that, that the culture is getting a little more comfortable with the fact that people can become addicted to alcohol, but yet when they're in a, um, an addiction with uh, a substance like opioids or, um, you know, something like this, then maybe it's a different, uh, a, a different reaction. Is that something you guys are picking up? Uh, a little bit. You know, it, it, it's interesting. When we were tr- uh, trying to get uh, sponsors, uh, all these big uh, corporations, you know, and this is like three years ago. So they would be like, I love what you're doing. It's really needed. But we can't have our brand and addiction in the same uh, in the same line. Mm-hmm. And I would always say, do you know that, let's say, of Americans are directly or indirectly uh, affected by addiction. But, and I I think it's really changing. And again, you know, these are, you know, crazy times with the Mm -hmm. uh, pandemic. And um, so I I don't know, maybe we'll uh, give a, uh, a pass to people who are drinking a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, uh, yeah, I think there's a um, still a uh, difference between, or you know, the perceived difference between right. alcohol and and uh, heroin. Let's say, yeah, the perception, right? Yeah. Do you all do stories on people with like process addictions, uh, sex, gambling, uh, food, things like that? Uh, not not yet. So we're we're going to. Uh, we're going to uh, do season two. Uh, we're going to probably uh, start uh, pre-production in, um, I don't probably in uh, two or three months. Okay. Do you guys have all your stories lined up, the people that you're going to be uh, featuring? Um, we, we probably have about half. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to uh, leave some, uh, you know, you know, room. So if we uh, find someone, you know, on the way that we can do a, a, uh, another uh, uh, segment or a episode. Yeah. And so, um, so you, you will take a crew out to like a a given, a given city that uh, has this, uh, this story that you want to share. And how much time do you, do you spend with someone in order to create a feature like that? Well, you know, we, we start, uh, we, you know, we have a bunch of uh, Zoom calls right. in production. So we'll know when we go to Dallas or, you know, Palm Springs or, you know, we'll know generally what the, uh, the story is. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, once you get on the, uh, the ground and things happen, and, mm-hmm. you know, we can discover more things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so we're, and then we, we go to uh, the city and probably like four days. And so we, you know, we uh, interview a lot of people around the individual. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and then the, uh, I guess the uh, post-production uh, staff makes everything, uh, you know, flow and makes it uh, beautiful. Yeah. Well, what kind of responses are you getting from um, the viewers? And are you, are you getting 
feedback from people and saying, you know, wow, that story with so-and-so resonated with me to the point that maybe I made a change or at least explored uh, what that you know, would look like. It, it you know, and, and this is, you know, the, the end of uh, 2019, um, mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. Um, and actually we, we, you know, partnered up with a bunch of uh, treatment centers and um, foundations and some of people, you know, reached out to me personally and said, you know, I love what you're doing. Um, can, you know, my son or my daughter is needs help. You know, he's homeless and blah, blah, blah. And we, you know, got them uh, placed. And to hear the, the mom or the dad call, you know, 30 days or 60 days later, Mm-hmm. And thank me, you know, from the bottom of their, their heart was just unbelievable. I, I actually have one of the uh, voicemails that I will never erase because it really was just, you know, it's not being thankful. It's going to the next level of your the, 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 the soul being thankful that mm-hmm. we uh, as a community save their daughter or, or son. And it's, it's really, I, I, I'm very thankful and uh, grateful that I was in this position to help people like that. Yeah. Well, so uh, I, I'm intrigued by the show. I know I'm asking a lot of questions about that particularly, but I'm really intrigued by the show because you, uh, as, a, as an executive producer, have sort of a responsibility, I guess, to walk kind of a fine line between what is um, you know, what is, what is helpful in the story that we're wanting to feature and true to the person that we're trying to, um, to feature and, and, um, and what is going to be compelling, or I don't want to know, I maybe don't use the word entertaining, but, um, you know, what is going to be, uh, the, the hook that grabs the viewer, you know, um, how do you, how do you kind of ride that? <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. Like, you know, what they say is reality is, uh, you know, more interesting than, uh, you know, uh, make believe or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, Truth is stranger than fiction kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, you obviously, you said, said it better than me. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're not doing anything uh, Kardashian, Right. You know, you know, we we, uh, set out to do it, you know, as true. And, um, you know, this is, you know, a big responsibility for us also. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, we did really well with showing the 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 subjects and the uh, episodes as they are. Right. And that is. I don't know if entertaining, but, you know, fascinating or interesting um, as it as it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, know, it's interesting. So I'm also the CEO and um, uh, co-founder of um, uh, Pick Cherries. And so obviously your uh, podcast is going to be. Uh, on pick cherries and you know it's interesting because once I you know I uh, learned about your uh, podcast 
and some other podcasts in the addiction and recovery space, I always reach out to them and say, hey, listen, you know, I, I know about, uh, you know, I know about addiction and uh, recovery, and we would love to have your uh, podcast on pick cherries. And uh, yeah, so, you know, and you know, with pick cherries, you know, the, uh, the listeners can um, make a 60 second uh, clip called a pick cherry and they can share it with their friends and family. So hopefully uh, people would, you know, use pick cherries and, you know, uh, share part of this uh, interview, let's say. And again, you know, it's, it's all about um, defeating the, uh, the stigma mm-hmm. and the shame in addiction and uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it, it's no matter what we do, it, that, that is the end game is to, uh, you know, defeat that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, do you have uh for instance after someone comes on the show and and uh you feature a story uh do you have folks that eventually maybe follow up with them just to see you know uh maybe i don't know where are they now kind of thing or yeah and and, you know i i I actually i uh keep in touch with people that were on the show and you know just like life there's ups and downs there's uh you know People get COVID, get, you know, people get sick, you know, Mm -hmm. or there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, continue to grow and, um, you know, have milestones, whether it's, you know, a baby is born or they get married. And, you know, so it's really interesting to to see and be a a part of their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, at at the uh, treatment center, there was one... um, a young uh, man, probably, probably is like uh, 24 um, from Wisconsin. You know, sweet kid. Um, you remember, I'm in uh, South Florida. So, yeah, you know, uh, people from uh, Wisconsin are so sweet and uh, nice. <laughs> and um, so I, I knew his mother from the industry. And basically, she, she said, listen, you know, he's homeless. He's uh, an addict. Can you help me? So, you know, we, um, we gave him a, a scholarship at the uh, treatment center and he did very well and he graduated and this is probably six years ago. And now mm. he has two kids. He is a uh, productive uh, member of the society. He's married and it's really nice to see the progression of, um, you know, addiction all the th- uh, all the way through uh, recovery mm-hmm. and you know and now you know the, hopefully the addiction is something in the in the past and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know and it, it's really uh, heartwarming to see you know someone that we helped and now he is just another um, member of uh, society. Well, friends, David and I are pleased to welcome to the podcast a new sponsor, Soberlink. And we're 
positive that you're going to love this tool for managing your alcohol recovery. In early sobriety, we often focus on what we're losing instead of what we're gaining. Soberlink, you're gaining increased accountability, a deterrent against drinking, and a tool to help you stay connected with people who care. Here's what it is. It's a really high-tech breathalyzer device with facial recognition. It allows you to share your sobriety in real time with loved ones. In case there's ever a slip, your treatment professional or anyone else you've chosen to be in your recovery circle will know immediately. Uh, More important than the technology is the brand. It is part of Soberlink's mission to break the stigma that surrounds addiction, which is why they partner with Positive Sobriety Podcast and many others in the recovery community. It's also why they specifically focus on using alcohol monitoring as a recovery tool, not for criminal or recreational purposes. There there isn't anything like it on the market. Well, together we've developed a guide called Tips for Keeping a Positive Outlook on Sobriety. And you can download it at www.soberlink.com slash PSP. That PSP is for Positive Sobriety Podcast. On that page, you'll also find a form to request $50 off your purchase when you're ready to try Soberlink. Well, one of the things I was wondering, Stuart... What have you learned from addicts? And I hate to use that word in a pejorative. I'm not using it in a pejorative way, but what have you learned uh, from addicts? You know, it's, um, well, you know, it's, um, you know, I don't know where you stand as, as far as it's a disease, it's not a disease and um, it it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the end that they can, you know, they can uh, debate that, you know, for forever. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been very humbled to hear of the the trauma that many, many of our patients and people that we were uh, uh, interviewing have gone through. And it's uh, obviously it will never leave them. Mm-hmm. But they are managers uh, managing the the trauma and their 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 past, and um, and they're you know they're happy now, they're uh, productive, and also they're giving back um, to society. And you know I guess I I I've learned about giving back. Okay. You know, I, you know one of the uh, people that we interviewed. Uh, said, you know, we were so bad as addicts, and now we are trying to make up for it, giving back and back and back. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really, um, you know, I, I I took that to heart, and you know, I now I'm on the uh, the board of uh, Horses Healing Hearts. It's oh, wow. a, um, yeah, it, it, it is a uh, foundation for children of addicts. Okay. And it's in uh, Delray Beach and they have, they use, a, they use horse, horses to, um, you know, uh, help. And uh, they have some counseling and it, you know, it's really a great uh, organization because, you know, 
you know, you, you think you're alone. And all of a sudden there is more uh, kids and they have similar stories and only them, they can uh, understand what the other uh, children are talking about because, you know, they've, you know, uh, lived it and they are still living it. But when they are at uh, Horses Healing Hearts, they can be free. They can be kids again. Yeah. So it's a great, it was a, it's a great uh, organization. It, you know, it's marvelous and mysterious the way that that equine therapy works. The, that's the, the amazing ability of horses actually to make an emotional connection with a person. And, you know, for kids who've been raised in a home where there's active addiction and the emotional climate is not healthy and some of their own emotional needs have gone unmet and they don't. Uh, so uh, to be able now to connect with an animal and to begin to learn how to uh, function in a fully in a healthy emotional way. Uh, I do know that equine therapy has been very beneficial to adults and it's, it's wonderful to hear that there is now this group that is uh, targeting the, the children of addicts. Uh, what a great intervention uh, you know, a way to it, stop it, the cycle. I'm sorry for interrupting you. It's really interesting. So, you know, I go to, you know, I go to, uh, you know, HHH every once in a while to uh, volunteer and they have some children's groups and then people from uh, some of the uh, rehabs. Oh, wow. Yeah. And when you go in and you're, you know, the adults go into a big pen with, you know, four or five or six uh, horses and some people are terrified mm -hmm. and I'm like, just re relax. Nothing's going to happen. I'm going to be with you. Don't. And all of a sudden they relax and, and you're exactly right. It, it is a, it, it's fascinating how the, the horses can tell, you know, you know, what's going on and, and the, 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 whether to the children or the adults, they are in that moment. They're yeah. not, you know, they're not an addict. They're not a son or a daughter of an addict. They're in the mo moment and they're, you know, interacting with the, the horses. And it's uh, really unbelievable the, the gains that they, they can uh, have. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Stuart, I, I'm, my brain is still back on A&E and addiction unplugged for a minute. <laughs> I had yeah. another thought uh, that, that just sure. popped into my head. Do you get any feedback or pushback uh, from the network about any stories or uh, the nature of anything that you're trying to present? You know, uh, A&E has been unbelievable. You know, they have um, they've been a champion of um, intervention for probably 20 years so this is not new to them right um, but we you know we we uh, we um work with them collaborate with them so there's mm -hmm. no like uh gotchas they're not they're like oh we, we can't uh uh show that um so a and e has been uh, a real great partner and we we really 
didn't have any disagreements as far as what we are showing and our story. You know, they, they right. work with us to, you know, refine the story. But again, mm-hmm. there's no, uh, there's no, um, you know, um, there's no reality TV there. This is you know, a documentary and uh, they're really, and, you know, and, and they really feel good uh, showing uh, Addiction Unplugged on their, their uh, station because, you know, th- that's what they're known for. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Intervention has been one of their, you know, top maybe three uh, shows for 30 years or 20 years. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it, you know we, we uh, ended up at the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, are our past episodes archived anywhere for those of us who, who missed those early seasons? Is there a way for us to catch up? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I will, uh, I'll, maybe I'll, uh, make it, uh, avail, uh, available for you, uh, maybe okay. on your, uh, website. That would be awesome. And, you know, if it's, if it's not, if it's maybe uh, clips, you could see mm-hmm. what we're doing. And, uh, so, you know, your, uh, your audience can really, uh, follow us and, Going into uh, season two would be great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything you can send us, we will include in show notes so that listeners can uh, click on those links and get a taste of Recovery Unplugged. Well, yeah. I appreciate I'm, it. Addiction Unplugged. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much in recovery mode. Addiction uh, Unplugged. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, are you guys open to um, anyone, like in our listeners, uh audience, all of that, that might, uh, have a prospect that you, uh, that they could present. Is that, uh, something that you're open to hearing about? Of course, of course, you know, it, it's, um, you know, it's, you know, we, we go all over the U uh, S and we, we want people that were addicts or helping addicts. And, you know, we, we want to, uh, it's all about second chances and redemption. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, you know, w- yeah. one of my favorite uh, episodes was um, addiction in the inner, inner city. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a gentleman in uh, the south side of Chicago. Uh, his name is Ray Banks. And he was an addict. He was, uh, you know, he started selling drugs in, I don't know if it was like uh, elementary school or uh, junior high and all of a sudden, he, you know, his addiction got worse. And, you know, he, he got married and his wife left, the, the, the kids left. And so he was uh, basically almost, you know, dead. Mm-hmm. And he went to um, restoration um, minister, um, ministries. And they said, listen, come here. And for a year, and we will uh, help you. You don't have to pay anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he graduated. And now 20 or 30 years later, he's the executive director of that program. Wow. Fantastic. Wow. And, it, you know, it's just like, you know, that that is what we're trying to show. That, right. you know, yeah, you, maybe you've been an addict in the uh, the past. 
but you know the present and the future is you know there for their uh, the, the taking mm-hmm. so it's uh you know it, it, great stories like that oh yeah yeah those are those are inspiring for all of us um just yeah and, well, and I, those, uh, go ahead. you know i i uh you know congratulate you and uh you know for your uh you know your your uh, sobriety and you know it's you know it's it's not it's not uh easy and you know congratulations guys well thank you thank you very much Thanks. i appreciate uh, that Stuart, for those of our listeners who do want to make contact with you what's the best way for them to do that uh you can uh go to uh stuart at pickcherries.com picked cherries p-i-c-k-e-d cherries.com all right and Fantastic. also you can you know you can uh listen to your podcast on pick cherries and go to the um the search bar yeah and uh positive uh sobriety and all your um all your uh episodes are there fantastic and then you can uh you know listen to them and then pick a cherry and uh, share it with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, we didn't we didn't talk a lot about that uh, the, that feature of your of your work right now. But that's a what a great concept. I mean, congratulations on that. While we're handing out congratulations, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like a Reddit for podcasts. It feels like yeah. you're you're right. And you know, uh, my uh, co-founder is Jeff Hoffman, who is uh, responsible for. Uh, Priceline.com and Booking.com. Wow! And you know he coined the the phrase uh, "shared podcast like never before," and that's uh-huh. what we're doing. And it's great for you know the uh, the listeners because everybody wants to share everybody everything on uh, online and you know yeah. on, on apps. And mm-hmm. it's really good for the um, the podcasters also. Yeah. You know, because it, it's great to, you know, expand your reach. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, have more uh, engagement between you as a podcaster and mm-hmm. the, your listeners. Right. Especially yeah. in your, you know, in your uh, subject matter. I yeah. think mm-hmm. it's really uh, important. Yeah. Well, thank you for including us in the opportunity and reaching out to us as well, because we were excited to get that. And uh, and then when you uh, followed it up with a, a you know personal note from your own experience and how you uh, uh, were using your your uh, your passion for recovery, then we knew that we definitely wanted to have a really good conversation. So, I mean, I appreciate you making time to do that for us. And it was my pleasure, guys. All right. Well, listeners, we'll be back in just a moment on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Welcome back to the Positive Sobriety Podcast. Nate, that was a refreshing conversation to me because um, we have most... uh, of our guests have been people in active uh, addiction and gone into recovery and done certain yeah. things. And this is one of the few guests that we have that um, actually used an experience with an individual that they loved and were close to. Yeah. Yeah. That, that 
catapulted them into this world of uh, help and service. And yeah, I thought that was a, I mean, I think that's just such a great thing that uh, Stuart did with the treatment center and uh, honoring his friend and, uh, you know, commemorating it with him and all of that. But um, just a very interesting conversation. Of course, the A&E thing uh, with addiction, uh, addiction unplugged, um, is really a, an interesting thing too, because, you know, everybody's a story to be heard and, yeah. um, man, uh, just what a great opportunity that is for people to hear. Yeah. Well, I don't know whether the listeners picked up on it, David, but, uh, at one point during this conversation, I went silent, uh, <laughs> as a rock. <laughs> yeah. We, with technical difficulties, you may have heard my phone ring. I don't know whether you hear that, but somehow this connection between my my iPhone and my Mac, I, I, all of a sudden the Mac wouldn't let me hear you or uh-huh. talk to you anymore for a while. Yeah. And so uh, now I'm I, for, for a, a stretch, quite a stretch here until we finally restarted it. I was relegated to the role of an observer and I could <laughs> see, you know, I could see you guys talking, but I couldn't hear what you were saying. It looked yeah. like a very good conversation. <laughs> You were in the uh, the podcast equivalent of Time Out there for about uh, fifteen minutes, I think, and uh, so that was uh, that was interesting. But uh, yeah, so I can't wait to uh, listen to the whole conversation. Yeah, you'll have to listen to it. It was a really good episode. <laughs> yeah, you'll love it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thanks. David, for arranging that, staying on top of the correspondence and getting another great guest in the room with us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, more to come in the weeks ahead. By the way, listeners, we're always open to your suggestions as well. Uh, and your feedback is extremely helpful to us. You can always reach us at positive sobriety podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Well, I think that's about it for this week, David. Uh, once again, happy birthday. <laughs> thank okay. you. And thank you for. Do you feel uh, like a 17 year old? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes I act like a 17 year old, too. That's that's where I still get in trouble. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and man, thank you for uh, the role you played in getting this uh, this birth in motion here. So yeah, yeah. You, you're sort of the recovery midwife. <laughs> OK. All right. OK. All right. Well, I only did for you what others have done for me. That's yeah. how this goes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, listeners, then uh, until next week, I'm Nate. And I'm David. And we are your pals on the Positive Sobriety Podcast. The Positive Sobriety Podcast is recorded at Crossroads for the Nations in Brentwood, Tennessee. Live producer Rex Schnelli, music by Rex Schnelli, theme music by Matt Ulrich, uh, hair and makeup by Lyle Lovett, uh, wardrobe <laughs> by Kathy Gifford. 